Welcome to the Strategic Talent Management People Solution Podcast. We solve your people challenges. People are the most important ingredient for your business or organization's success. We believe the way to take your organization to the next level begins with knowing your people and yourself. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to STM's People Solutions Podcast. I am Art Boulay, the founder of Strategic Talent Management. And today I'm here with our account coordinator, Alyssa, to talk about the an interesting and ongoing trend we've been seeing in our assessments and what it means for you as an employer. Alyssa, why don't you jump in and, and tell us what's been going on? Sure. So basically, since I first became involved with the assessment results a little over two years ago now, I noticed that the overwhelming majority of the people we were assessing were and still are overly focused on people and relationships. So explain what do you mean by that or how do you define that? Is that just they're more friendly and nice and outgoing? Well, that's more behavioral and we haven't seen any major shifts in behavior. I don't think that we ever really will. But what I'm talking about is how one reads and understands people. So they tend to be more tuned into people and relationships rather than practical results. And they make all things related to people more important than staying with a particular plan or strategy. Gotcha. There's a big difference between people-oriented behavior and the more fundamental attitude you're talking about, which is, you know, people are absolutely all important. Yeah, I'm glad that we clarified that. So I noticed that the overwhelming majority had very high focus on relationships and people compared to tasks and systems, as I said. And I remember asking you if this was normal, uh, and that prompted us to do some digging. And we ultimately um, chalked it up to COVID and how that whole event accelerated a more people-centric attitude and approach to business for a lot of people. Well, and even before that, we'd picked up that trend in our data. In 2018, we started analyzing job applicants and noticed that millennials were 75% more likely to value teamwork and supporting uh, other people over non-millennials. So again, to be clear, that that uh, understanding and focusing on people and relationships, it, it's critical in any professional role. Uh, in a report we recently com uh, completed, you and I were talking to the owner about his propensity to be very helpful and team-oriented and so forth. Well, that certainly works because that's how you win people's hearts and loyalty. You don't, you don't win it over by being a, a, an extreme taskmaster. Yeah. And as a leader, you know, like you said, that's definitely an important attribute, but there are a lot of roles, you know, that are strictly about doing or project management, and they're really right. not about people. And while, you know, understanding people and liking people is not a bad thing, um, if productivity and organizations suffer as a result of being overly focused on others, that's where we can definitely run into trouble. Exactly. And I think in most positions, uh, we want to see a balanced focus on people, productivity, and planning. That's that's the real goal here. Exactly. 
So Art, let's say if someone who's listening is hiring for a position that requires a very strong focus on detail, organization, efficiency, like a project manager, um, what are some tips that you could give them to try and screen out any individuals who might be overly focused on people and not as likely to meet the standards set for detail organization and so on? Well, the first thing that a good any good interviewer has to be aware of is, is their own biases. So if there's they are themselves super friendly, outgoing, and all those behavioral characteristics we talked about, they're going to be biased to candidates who exhibit those same behaviors. And of course, the opposite holds true. So again, the challenge is to go a little deeper and really understand the candidate's attitude about people versus, as you said, the practicality and the planning aspects of their job. Yeah, and one thing I'll add to that, as we often talk about, the interviewer needs to also be clear about their expectations for the position that they're interviewing for. You know, if the position has to deal with a particularly tough customer or is taking over a team that needs lots of direction and hands-on management, then the interviewer needs to know that they might be looking for someone who's tough but fair. Whereas if a team has been going through a tough emotional experience, maybe a more relationship-oriented leader will be just the thing. So really step one, I would say, is knowing exactly what you're looking for as the interviewer or hiring manager. Yeah, not to sugarcoat anything, interviewing for these competencies uh, or attitudes can be extremely tricky. And if, you, and if you don't know what you're looking for, it's well nigh impossible. But asking questions about people, managing tasks and details, planning and organization is a great place to start. Uh, but the key is to be structured. And you've you've talked a lot about structured interviewing. You kind of introduced that concept here, actually. So you you need to be asking questions that you know what the answer is you're looking for. And in this case, uh, we're looking for clear understanding that people are important, but so is practicality and planning. So what type of answer are you looking for? And some of our favorite questions that we're, we're going to share with you today. Actually, Alyssa, you've spent a lot of time creating these questions and coming up with uh, uh, ways for people to conduct an interview for this very topic. Uh, what are some of your favorite questions? Well, I would say three questions that I find myself writing in almost every interview section of our hiring assessment reports are, I'll just list them out here. The first one is, how do you determine when it's appropriate to stick to a plan or to do something differently? This question is, you know, in their response, you want to try to hear whether or not it sounds like they have a practical and objective approach to following a plan, or if their answer suggests that they are more likely to change the plan, especially if it's better for the people involved. Or do, or do they even use the word plan? I mean, they yeah, or <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, there's, there's different answers that you might get here, but again, knowing what your expectation is around planning and organization will help you identify what is the right answer. So you mentioned you had a couple of other favorite questions. What are those? 
Yeah. So another one that I often suggest um, people ask is how do you manage your time so that you can be helpful to others, but ensure that all of your work gets done accurately and on time? So again, this one gets to not only planning an organization, but also detail management mm -hmm. as well. So you really want to listen for clear and specific tools and techniques that they use, which would indicate that they know how to prioritize their own time and their own responsibilities and keep things on track and, you know, not get too caught up in other people's right. requests. And then finally, the, the, the ability to say no, when you need to say no. Yes, exactly. Um, and finally, another question is, describe a situation when you went above and beyond for a client or a colleague. How would you feel about doing that regularly? In this, after you ask them this question, do they preach that they're always willing to go the extra mile for whoever needs it? That could be a red flag that they prioritize the needs of others at the expense of their own work or potentially they're overextending the company's resources. And we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up our standard statement that a good interviewer pays as much attention to body language as words spoken. And the, the last question you brought up is a good example. It's not just that they say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I do whatever people need, but do you get the sense in their body language that this is their very favorite thing to say? Do they... Do they, do they value the fact that they always say yes, that they never say no? The real red flag in that situation is the, the, the emotional or, or uh, attitude that they, they just cannot bring themselves to say no or say, gee, I'm kind of busy right now. Maybe I could get to that later. Actually, a great way to try to evaluate their body language Um in this type of situation, you know, when you're interviewing for all the things we're talking about right now, is talking about conflict. You know, um, someone who's good on their feet is going to tell you what they think you want to hear. But if you're asking them questions, and I'll give a couple examples in a second, you know, about how they handle conflict and whatnot, you can keep building on the situation, right. making it more and more intense, and and pay more attention to their physical reaction than just the words coming out of their mouth. So for example, um, questions like, do you prefer to avoid conflict situations or face them head on? Do you often find yourself taking on the role of peacekeeper on a team? Have them give you an example of a time when someone didn't follow through on a commitment to them. Right. What did they do about it? How do they make sure that others around them follow through on their commitments? How do they ensure that they follow through on their own commitments? Um, you know, and as I said, you can create a hypothetical situation in which they're, you know, they need to tell someone no or hold someone accountable and they're maybe getting a little pushback and whatnot. And do they struggle to, to really come up with a way to handle that situation appropriately. And you and I talked about when we were planning this, that the idea of holding people accountable, I was coming at it from a leadership point of view, uh, holding people accountable. But as you pointed out, even the doer role, they got to hold people accountable to either 
providing information they they had promised and they weren't delivering on or 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 their own commitments to deadlines and so forth so uh this the, these things are are widely uh you know being overly focused on people is is can be a real problem and you've got to be aware of it uh when you especially in the interviewing po- uh, process either that or you're going to be dealing with it once they're an employee and you're realizing this isn't working very well so yeah is- so i mean to those questions that i that i just mentioned you know do you prefer to avoid conflict do you find yourself being the, the peacekeeper what you absolutely don't want to hear is that they do avoid conflict right. and they are the peacekeeper on the team you know and on that question about giving a specific example of not following through on commitments and whatnot, you know, ideally, and we've said this before, but you want to hear clear and specific examples of how they hold people to account. And yeah. And and of course it depends on the job, but if particularly a job where conflict is inevitable uh, and I'm thinking sales or customer service or many management and leadership positions, then you want to be sure the candidate's not so focused on people and maintaining the peace and harmony at all costs that they just don't get their job done or don't hold others accountable. Yeah. Well, before we end, um, I want to shift gears real quick. And we've talked a lot about, you know, how to identify the people who are just so extremely focused on people and relationships that nothing else in the world matters and, you know, how detrimental that can be in certain positions. But let's say you have a candidate who you feel in every sense is a rock star, but you sense that they might be just a little bit overly focused on relationships. How might you be able to coach or develop that person to bring more practicality and task focus to the table to become more balanced, as we said earlier. Yeah, that's a great question because, uh, as the the uh, assessments are showing us, more and more people are are highly focused on relationships. So if you just say, "Oh, we're not going to hire those people," uh, you're you're shrinking an already shrink a shrunken pulp uh, pool of of candidates. So I support the idea of coaching because great leaders, great employees of any type will have an attitude of being highly relationship and people focused. But what I like to do in in coaching or at least getting the coaching or mentoring started is to challenge them to think about other ways to be helpful and supportive. The idea is to have them embrace the concept of tough love. and that they recognize they can often be more helpful by challenging bad behavior from an employee or a colleague who's being ineffective or uh in in other or maybe maybe the person is just in the wrong position and you know that that becomes a situation of changing their position or putting them in a new position but the idea is to get get people to really consider yeah, that's right. I could help people more if I if I said no once in a while. Good advice, as always. <laughs> so, again, to our audience, this podcast was designed to help you try and screen out the overly people-focused individuals who may not be, well, who will not be suitable for your highly task-oriented roles. 
And remember, it's okay to care about other people, but sometimes we really just need someone to focus on the details and make sure that things are getting done according to the plan. So if you sense that a candidate may have a slight bias towards people, it isn't necessarily a showstopper. And especially as Art said, in today's tough hiring market, it may be worth investing in some type of coaching or development for the candidate that brings more balance to their style. Well said. And for our listeners who are maybe not uh, familiar with our uh, offerings, if you want to be sure a candidate is not overly focused on relationships and before you make that hiring decision, you want to take a closer look, uh, consider our our assessment tool, which you can find at strategictalentmgmt.com slash assessments. And there you'll see a, a couple of samples and there's a, a lot of good information about uh, those instruments. So thank you everybody for chiming in and listening uh, once again. We appreciate your time. We trust you'll get something useful out of this. And thank you, Alyssa, for joining me today. My pleasure. Bye, everyone. So thank you for listening to another episode of Strategic Talent Management's People Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe to get notifications for new episodes. And for more information on strategic talent management, click on the link to our website in the podcast description.